ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. And this is The Cinemile. It's the podcast where we walk home from the movies. Um, so it's our end of year review. So that we're going to look back at our best movies of uh, 2022. Um, a list of honourable mentions. We're going to hear some uh, of our patrons' best um, movies and also our uh, worst, most disappointing and a new category, the best cinematic experience that we both had. Yeah, and this is our most requested and most downloaded episode of the year. So hello, people who come in once a year for this episode. Um, yeah, the, we num- love the, doing the it. download numbers literally like double or triple sometimes <laughs> for this one. So I think there we must have a lot of just like annual listeners. Well, I think if you, it's a good place to come if you want to get a load of re- recommendations, right? Um, and and we that's what you're going to get. Be recording a TV episode best of the year, which will be in the feed after this one at some point. But we're starting with movies, of course, and as always, our lists are a secret from each other, hmm. which is fun. We usually tend to have a bit of an overlap. But we I'm don't always know. interested as to the overlap. <laughs> um, this year, I think had some really good movies. Yeah. Like, I felt I felt doing this list. Um, I had a very solid top ten, and Same. I found it a little bit of a struggle to get it down to a, a five in some. So did I, which is why I suggested our new category of best cinematic experience because there's some yeah. stuff that I loved in the cinema wouldn't crack the top five. Um, and I just want to say up front that it's been phenomenal year for Irish cinema yes Banshees of Inisherin on Colleen Kuhn which you've seen now yeah. and I have not um, Aisha Aisha yeah not forgetting um, Matilda which had an incredible Irish actress um, Alicia Weir so yeah brilliant brilliant um, uh, Irish film year um, I've been really happy about that now Dave do you want to begin with your number five best film of 2022 I'd love to thank you Cathy thank you for offering <laughs> uh, my number five best film of 2022 is a movie that I was not expecting to like <laughs> it is a sequel to a movie that I do not like um, ah I see where this is going <laughs> and it I think was a, not only was it a surprise to me it was a surprise it surprised everybody at the blockbuster at the box office when it became the biggest movie of the year it's Top Gun Maverick. Um, this oh, I thought you were talking about Avatar. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Remember Top Gun Maverick? I love Top I think, Gun Maverick. I, I don't think Avatar is going to topple uh, Top Gun Maverick. It might. In, I think it, in, it won't have enough time th- for the, it for the year. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it might have. Um, I think this movie was such fun. It was a thrill ride. Um, it was that rare thing, which is a sequel that is 
better than the original, far better. It is also the rare thing in that it's a legacy sequel, um, you know, a, a, a sequel to a movie decades after uh, the original comes out. That's actually good. I think the trend for those movies is they're not good. Um, I, think I can one of our give you review, a list, a long list of not good. Our legacy review books. of um, Top Gun Maverick actually was one of our most fun this year because we were both just so happy. Oh my god, we were cinema. beaming! Yeah, but it was a, great like, number five. It was, um, it was a great action movie. It's a great, um, you know, it's 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 just uh, Tom Cruise being an action star, like actually flying jets, like um, you know. Joseph Kaczynski directed it well. It was it, it was more exciting. It had a mission, a Death Star run mission towards the end. It had interesting it was relationship between him and Miles Teller. I, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant cinema. It was excellent cinema. Um, and I think it was the perfect in-between of the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> well, it's it basically a Mission Impossible movie. It was a Mission movie, Impossible yeah. movie, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Okay, excellent number five. Um, before I say my number five, I forgot to mention, or we forgot to mention, that this year we moved back to Ireland. So we are now walking around Cork oh, City, yeah. recording this episode. Our new home. So our Slash Cork our accents, old home. Our Cork accents are a lot stronger than they were this time last year. I don't know year. what you mean, like. <laughs> um, and our kids who used to have English accents now have Irish accents. So we've successfully achieved that. Okay, my number five of the year is a film that we actually didn't review on the feed because we watched it at home and we try and review them on the feed but we kind of don't sometimes um, it was a animated documentary and it's called Flea mm. we watched it very early this year um, it's a really wonderful and beautiful film it's really beautifully animated it's really interestingly told it is like a narrative construction that I've never seen before um, and I also don't believe I've ever seen a documentary animation um, it's directed by a director there are who a I didn't know. There few other examples of that, but yeah, this is. It's, I don't it's think rare. I've seen them. It's rare. The director is called, let me butcher this, Jonas Poor Rasmussen, uh, which is a fantastic name. Um, and it's about our lead character who's called Amin, who is a refugee, and it charts his journey as a refugee uh, who's now in Europe and all that entailed in terms of both the journey he had, what he experienced in his home country, and how he lives now and how it's affected him and it's like really fantastically wonderfully told I loved it it is it is a heavy subject matter but the, the film treats it with uh, wonderful care and lightness and um, it's I recommend everyone watch it it will be on demand you'll be able to rent it and um, I'm sorry we didn't record an episode for the main feed on it this year but I loved it well we also didn't see it at the cinema you know, I know it. yeah but we should have put it on the main feed because I really loved it it's a, it's a fantastic it's a beautiful film it's a fantastic film I don't know where you can watch it but find it please yeah, I'm please. sure you'll be able to rent it it's yeah. called Flea it's really wonderful F-L-E-E not F-L-E-A yeah F-L-E-E yeah really brilliant um, my number four of the year is one we saw quite recently at the Cork Film Festival which Cathy is the director on the board of <laughs> I don't know if anyone knew that um, and it's After Sun um, I love this movie. This is uh, uh, Charlotte Wells uh, wrote and d- directed this. Uh, it's a very, very personal um, story about a um, a father, a very young father, and his uh, I think eleven or twelve year old daughter. I think she's eleven. Um, called Sophie, and it's your. It's just basically you go on holidays with them. They go to a holiday resort in Tur- Turkey for a week, and you kind of just get to live with them in all the small moments and you you learn a lot about them as people you know Sophie is very um, she's on the sort of verge of adolescence and is very curious about older kids and she's having like 
really interesting experience and she doesn't feel like a kid anymore um her father is like going through um you know v- v- something v- they, they never what i love about this movie it never clearly states anything it's all in between the lines and mm-hmm. you just kind of read it from cues um but it's an incredibly slow and beautiful movie i think it's her directorial debut her feature debut her feature debut yeah. excuse me um um, I think she's a real talent. Paul Mescal, I'd never seen in anything before because I missed all that normal people but uh, chain bandwagon uh, <laughs> stuff. I thought I was super impressed by him and um, uh, the young girl that plays his daughter, Frankie Corio. Um, I don't think this movie is for everyone, but if you're if you can just settle in and let let it sort of wash over you, I think it's incredibly rewarding. I was bawling at the end. Mm-hmm. It's got one of the the, the best. Um, closing shots of any movie uh, mm-hmm. this year as well probably probably the best I think and that's called After Sun and that is definitely available on movie and I know you can watch it there um, probably in lots of other places okay my number four of the year is it's a movie cold. we watched this summer I think and it is everything everywhere all at once oh what a movie directed by two men called Daniel so they're called Daniels which is partially my favourite thing about the film they also made Swiss <laughs> Army Man. Um, These guys are fantastic. And it's they? such a good movie. Um, it's really wild and wacky. And what I find really interesting about it is it seems to be a bit of a marmite because like, friends of ours and, and listeners of the podcast who took our recommendation on how much we loved it, a lot of people actually said they didn't really like it, which I was shocked by because I thought it was one of those movies that everyone would love. It's weird. It's really It's a wacky. weird movie. But yeah, what it wacky is, is a good is word. a very, very creative multiverse movie. We watched Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Badness right after we saw this and I was No, no, like, we saw that first. Or we saw them yeah, back yeah. to back and I was like embarrassed for Doctor Strange after I watched <laughs> yeah. This is how you do multiverse. <laughs> um, it stars Michelle Yeoh, who's incredible. Um, what an actress. It, she plays like 40 versions of the same character in this multiverse. Yeah. It also starred um, an actress I wasn't familiar with called Stephanie, Stephanie Anne Sue. She's incredible. Oh my God. I think she should be up for like best supporting actress. I think Michelle Yeoh should obviously be up for best actress. And then an actor who you will know from as being the kid from Indiana Jones who's called Kate And Quay the Goonies. He, for he years, stole the movie. He stole the movie for yeah, years. By He's the been end. an action star, an action coordinator, a stunt coordinator and he came back to act in this actually heartbreakingly brilliant um, I loved this film and I think if you like creative slightly wacky and film, funny. And, funny and heartfelt heartfelt really good action and, and I love a good multiverse so um, yeah absolutely love that multiverses my, are so hot right now they right? are because we've got across the spider-verse coming back <laughs> next year we've got spider-verses we've got the and, and the, the MCU is doing it if across the spider-verse isn't in your top five next year I will weep for you because something will have gone really God. badly um, so, yeah, that's anyway, my favourite movie of all that's time that's my number four everything everywhere all at once directed by Daniels love it okay um, my number three is uh, a movie an- another movie we saw relatively recently and is now on Disney Plus and I think a lot of you will have seen this. It's The Banshees of Inna Sharon, uh, Martin McDonough's latest movie. I love this movie so much. I, yeah, me too. I think this is Martin McDonough's best movie. I think he's reached... Uh, I think a, a lot of his back catalogue, there's... Um, you know, what we, we rewatched in Bruges on our Patreon, uh, uh, so you can scroll back and listen to that if you're a Patreon member. Um, and there's a he's there's a real juvenile slant to a lot of his like humor humor yeah. and writing and also I think a lot of that hasn't dated well in that movie. I think there's less of that here. This feels like a really mature and kind of 
solemn and introspective movie while also having his sort of own brand of of kind of comedy dark yeah, dark really comedy because it's funny um, like I was I think, laughing out loud in the cinema and then realising next to me that people were like horrified so it's really one oh, of those it's things tw- some, of, some of the comedy is twisted like my mother watched it and was on a review for it and uh, she didn't find the humour funny at all so it's a bit subjective and also there is a moment and I should say we won't spoil any of these movies naturally but there is a moment where it, I think this movie loses a lot of audience members I think your mother had a problem with a particular character's uh, actions um, and um, a lot of people we've spoken to since just like that's there's a moment in the movie where it just loses them they're like I, I could not you know oh I just can't buy that he would have done that but um, putting that and, aside why is it your number three why do you love it that much like that's a, that's a high position here. I love it this, I love it so much because it is um, it is a really um, small film about uh, loneliness and depression um, particularly I think male depression and anxiety um, and it, and these are it has themes uh, that are modern and very mo- relevant to a modern audience but he places it deliberately and I think really interestingly um, in an island off the coast of Ireland during the Irish Civil War and I think his time his both his physical location and the time he placed this informs those themes even more well, if our um, listeners are interested, go back, listen to our Banshees of Inisherin review because Dave gives a very lengthy uh, explanation <laughs> Irish of the lesson, Irish Civil War. Which Cathy did not enjoy. <laughs> but uh, our listeners did. They wrote in and supported me. Yeah, loads um, of them wrote in, actually. Especially uh, the American ones. So, And, and I think, I think um, this is very much Colin Farrell's movie. I think Brendan Gleeson is great, as always. But he's really the supporting actor, I think. Colin, this is Colin Farrell's movie. I think it's one of his, if not his best performance. He's incredible. He's an and actor who... Barry Keoghan comes in and, and almost steals Barry it from him. Barry or Keoghan, I think we we're supposed to pronounce it. We say Keoghan in court. Can you imagine a film? There has to be a film come soon with Barry Keoghan God. and Paul Mescal. And would, I will yeah, die. There will be. Um, so, um, Bar- oh, also Barry Keoghan and Colin Farrell. I think you pointed this out. Also the Batman this year. Yeah. Together. <laughs> Despite one of them um, not ending up on screen. But still, like, I love um, there's like two Irish... Like, what I love about I love Banshees of Inisherin, but it's done so huge internationally, and I just love that Irish sto- Irish films and Irish stories are getting real prominence this year. Yeah, it's brilliant. But I feel what I also liked about it is it just another thing I liked about it is that it's an Irish film that um, felt authentically Irish. Mm-hmm. It looked Irish. It, it was recognisably Irish, mm-hmm. even though it's a time of Ireland in which neither of us were alive. Yeah. But it's like it. it, it you know, the, I think a lot of. Um, uh, there, there's a lot of uh, attempts at, at this kind of setting which we've seen in history throughout mm-hmm. in, in movies throughout history that are just you know S-H-I-T yeah um, Ooh, there's some bells. so that's my number three I know I, I, this is how we the swear around our kids off. the bells are playing you yeah, off yeah that's the Shandon bells in Cork um, okay I am going to my number three which is also an Irish film which you haven't seen because um, I we were supposed to watch it and then I just watched it without Dave because I COVID and depressed and I wanted to watch it. Is it on Colleen Kuhn? It's on Colleen Kuhn, also known Lovely. as I can't wait to see it. The Quiet Girl, which I only watched like two weeks ago. It's a truly beautiful film that actually took the world by storm this year because it's Osgoelga, which means it's in Irish. Um, it's directed by Colin Barade. It was his first feature and it stars this young girl called Catherine Glinch. Um, and it's a f- very like you say Banshees of Inisherin is a small movie no this is a small movie this had very <laughs> like no budget and 
is based on a short story that they kind of stretched out to a, a short film, like a ninety-minute film. Um, was this was this a short before this that he also made? Is that no? It was just okay. it's a short story, um, and it's just a really simple story of a young girl who spends the summer with some distant relationships, and she's a very quiet girl, and. Um, it's so beautiful this kid is unbelievable the little girl actress there's only a few other characters in the film and it's set in the early 80s it feels very close to uh, some elements of my childhood where we used to visit relatives like in the countryside and stay with them and stuff though we didn't speak Irish Um, and it's just a lovely story and it's just really really slow character development like you spend ages getting to know these characters and you just have some wonderful moments with them and it's quite heartbreaking actually in in the nice way um and it's it's just took all the awards by storm this year and it's now uh up for oscar for best uh, long listed for best foreign film um and i heard that one of the reasons it's been doing so well is a it's a fantastic film but b that people consider the irish language like really exotic in like the european market all oh, right so the <laughs> fact that it's actually because you so rarely see Irish actually Oscar Irish films yeah um, I loved watching it and um, I recommend anyone watch it I actually rented it on YouTube that's where can I you get it. it YouTube I rented it on YouTube but I'm I sure you it's can on rent Apple it TV yeah as you well. can rent probably, it anywhere. it's probably widely available I mean it's hugely it, it's the number one highest ever um, box office for an Irish language film in wow. Ireland um, and it got re-released actually because of all the Oscars buzz it was in the cinema it came and went we missed it twice in the cinema somehow um, but yeah recommend Uncolleen Kuhn or The Quiet Girl to all of our listeners because I know you'd all love it and it's a slow film so just give it a bit of time and it really kicks in and it's it's lovely so that's your number three Uncolleen Kuhn um, okay so my number two of the year is, uh, is a movie you've already spoken about it's Flea uh, by uh, Jonas Poir Rasmussen. <laughs> I'm obsessed. So, with what a name. great name! Um, so, yeah, look, I echo everything you've said. Um, uh, this is a it's a, it's a Danish film. Um, I think this is an incredibly important film. I think it's beautiful. I mean, I've had arguments with members of uh, my family, like I'm sure a, a lot of you have, uh, on their views of immigration or towards immigration um, and the way that the media. Uh, can desensitize mm-hmm. uh, people or dehumanize um, um, immigrants or refugees. Um, so I think this is a very important counterpoint to those because it it directly humanizes um, one man and his family and his ex- and not only that it give, puts you in the perspective of um, of the people in those situations where they are forced to flee this is set in Afghanistan during um, the second Afghanistan war um, it, it puts you in the situation of them forced to flee their homes and forced to pay crooked people to smuggle them out of a country and, and, and I think too often they are vilified for those actions by the press and by you know um, very right wing viewpoints um, when in fact it's 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 an incredibly dangerous and awful thing to have, uh, to to risk your life for, and then to be treated with hostility on the other end, and I think this movie just does so much to um, tell those stories in such a small, intimate, and as you said, beautiful way with the animation, um, and in a very interesting and engaging way. But also, I think you said it as well. This is heavy, heavy stuff. But there's a 
deftness and a lightness to the storytelling here. Um, it is funny um, and, and, and beautiful um, and it's personal. I think the director and, and you know, a writer of this movie um, is a Danish man, but he is friends, He's friends with, with, the protagonist. with the protagonist. I remember that So now. they met in, in, in school, so mm-hmm. they're old friends. And so I think you get what you get is a subject of the documentary who is very open while also being, you know, with very difficult things that he's reopening. Mm-hmm. And there's almost like it's framed like almost like a therapy session. He's mm-hmm. lying on this carpet um, throughout while he, while he speaks to him. But then it's low, but it's not all set like that. There's flashbacks. It gives you yeah. flashbacks that they animate. Yeah. Uh, guys, I, I just can't, I can't recommend this yeah, you guys film enough. It. it is just staggeringly good. Um, and beautiful uh, so please please do watch it and that's Flea okay again not about the bassist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers (laughs) my number two is also something that's already been on your list which is After Sun oh so good I love my god are you putting Top Gun number one (laughs) I love when we watched After Sun (laughs) yeah go on and I I didn't I I was impacted to the point that when we actually I think we we drove home from that movie when we were in the car home doing the review I actually like cried which surprised me and then the next day right when Dave was cutting the episodes Onions. together we always put the, <laughs> we started crying yeah. yeah we always put the trailer in you know and I watched the trailer the next day and um, just watching the trailer brought me to floods of tears like it has such an emotional impact on me the most emotional impact of any film I saw this year um, and it, it's an interesting one we talked about in our review but we were saying that it's like a little bit marmite because we felt like some people in the cinema were like a little bit bored by it but I think what it is, <laughs> is on their phones. it's an experiential movie so I, and I say that and I mean that you need to watch back. it in 4DX no you need to sit back because you'd be watching it at home now if you're watching it based off this you need to not have your phone on and you need to just let the film wash over you because there's actually very little dialogue there's just such beautiful shots beautiful scenes I think the nicest scenes of the year were in this film um, Charlotte Wells the director is phenomenal um, I can't wait to see what she does next as you mentioned the two actors are incredible um, and it, it just really impacted me I'd say it also had like the best probably the best soundtrack of the year oh yes incredible soundtrack so it's set in the 90s you know it's, it's clearly like based on and I think she said this as well you know Charlotte Wells is it's autobiographical yeah. so she she's um you know grew up in the 90s like we did so it's full of 90s pop bangers that would have been playing at a <laughs> cheap, so good. cheap holiday resort what in I turkey what i really took away 90s. from this year in cinema though is like to see three such stunning debuts for me so frankie corio in aftersun um catherine clinch in on colin kuhn and um alicia weir in matilda oh yes like, they're incredible actors and it's i often have this thing in my head where i feel like kid actors can be really over the top and really bad well they can be and then when you yeah. so when you watch them done when you watch them who are both talented and also working with incredible directors and I know for a lot After of it Sun, is down to the director yeah like, yeah, like yeah. If for After Sun I was like inhaling stuff about it after I watched it and like the fact that like Frankie Corio and Paul Mescal like were on holidays before the film just like bonding getting to know each other like but how that's comfortable so Im- they were so important. If so you don't, important if you don't believe that they are father and daughter you know, for, if even for a second, then the movie so, yeah. fails. And also because he's like a young dad, so they're kind of like mates in the film as well, and yeah. they felt like mates. Um, and he like taught her to play pool and all this kind of stuff, and I could just cry thinking about it again. So anyway, that's my number two, which is After Sun and is on Movie. Oh my God, 
What a movie! Um, do you see, there were some great movies this it's year. A Even like, year I'm looking at my honorable mentions here, and I'm like, a lot of these could have gone in the top five. They're so good. Yeah, it's a great year for cinema. Um, okay, so my number one uh, of 2022 is this one was a no-brainer. When I started this list, <laughs> I started with that. Okay, because we saw this, um, we saw this in the summer, and and I started my my note. Then, that's when I that's when I started this I on my know phone. What film you're talking about. And I and I and I Tell and me. I wrote it down. I started. This is the list. It starts here. The suspense is killing it's me. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh my gosh! Another crossover. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got a lot of crossover this year. I think this Could movie because we spend a lot of time watching movies together. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, the, this movie, I had. You know, you mentioned the Spider Verse a minute ago, right? I saw in uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse in 2018. And you know, you, you know when you're just watching something you feel like I feel like this movie was made just for me mm-hmm. right it has everything I want I felt that again at everything everywhere all at once so I guess I'm into multiverse things um, but this movie it's very colourful movies they're both extremely colourful like I, I really crave um, multiverses I crave multiverses <laughs> just give me that um, no I crave um, I crave because we watch <laughs> so much that you crave. movies. We watch so many movies, and they, I think we, you and I, have become so good at, you know, um, identifying the formulae of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, oh, he's going to do that, and that's going to happen in Act Three, and it's just like to get something that like kept me guessing um, was fresh and original. From everything about this was was just different to anything I had seen before. Everything from the like the the um, setting you know even just to, to have sort of a, a, a Chinese immigrant uh, family uh, running a, a laundrette mm-hmm. you know that's a small intimate story that you mm-hmm. might find in a, a sort of an Oscar bait movie and they do that really effectively then it expands into this sort of epic sci-fi thing um, and then it does all these things which I've never seen before in movie, just in movies, just so like flick, flicking through universes like that. Fucking, never fucking the rock. sausage fingers. Never fucking, forget the rock. The, the rocks, yeah, the, the <laughs> rocks, the googly eyes, um, sausage fingers. This movie, and you said what wacky. The, what, um, what I'm so what impressed about by. The, um, what about the ratatouille? Rakakuni. <laughs> like what I'm so impressed by watch it again now. in this movie is that. You called it by calling it wacky, and I get that people. If you don't, not on board with the wackiness, it's not going to work. But it's wacky, but it's not stupid. No, exactly. How did they make? How can you put like raccoonie and sausage fingers (laughs) in a movie, and then yet still have all the emotional moments? I was crying during the sausage fingers scene. It was so beautiful because you get you get a beautiful look at um um at a difficult mother daughter relationship, um a difficult and sort of stale. Marriage, um, and then you, and and you get um, there's 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 a, our protagonist Michelle Yeo. You get a sense of her like, you know, which everyone has that that sort of um, the what if what my what my life might have been. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of preoccupied with that and unable to see the things that she has and that she's good. She's kind of an awful character, but she's also really likable and identifiable. So to have all these beautiful characters, um, brilliant performances writing that's just off the wall crazy and then just to load it up with all this matrix kung fu action <laughs> yeah i'm like this movie literally has everything or shouldn't you say crazy it has Tiger hit everything the everywhere um yeah anyway, and then jamie lee curtis like on top of it just like a little icing on the cake let's make <laughs> jamie lee curtis we're going to dress her up as a dowdy um sort of admin person 
and then she's going to do martial arts and then also <laughs> sausage fingers it's just like, the, like so I, I just did not know what I was going to get from one second to the next it was an absolute joy I will watch this movie forever this is one of my favourite movies of all time wow. it was an absolute like sensation it's a masterpiece the Daniels are my, my they're up there now um, with the um, no they're just called Daniels no the they're just Daniels I think they, yeah. they are up there now with some of my favourite filmmakers uh, and I will be I'm hungry for what they do next yeah I can't wait to see what they so do so that's next. my number one of the year okay well my number one of the movie of the year actually hasn't been mentioned yet and is another Irish so this is our third Irish film of the year and it is Aisha uh, which we reviewed on our main feed as well um, it's a beautiful movie it's a beautiful movie it is an Irish movie it is directed by Frank Berry and it is starring Letitia Wright and Frank O'Connor. Um, it was out at like the same time as Black Panther, and it made me realise what an incredible actress Letitia Wright is to be in those like such different films and to carry them both. Um, it is the story of um, a woman, a Nigerian woman, who has arrived in Ireland and is in the direct provision system. Um, if you don't know what that system is, I won't elaborate on it now because it's quite detailed, but. Um, we speak loads about it on the review um, and it's it's an awful system for uh, immigrants uh, in Ireland who are seeking refuge and she plays this character who's trying to get you know like a, a, a better life for herself in Ireland and everything she encounters is so difficult she's had such a difficult time in her home country she's had an awful welcome in Ireland uh, she's played almost like regally by Letitia Wright I would say mm, that's um, a good word and Josh O'Connor who I didn't know before this film but is was Prince Charles at one point in the crown is Amazing! Oh, he's so good. He's actually English, but the double accent he did blew me away. Fantastic! Would I, never I'd have, have never known. guessed. Yeah, yeah. never. And like, I'm so I have high, high spidey sense for bad Irish accents, <laughs> and I die when I hear them. And he's just like he'd walk straight off the streets in Dublin. Um, and I guess what's so phenomenal about this film is like Frank O'Connor, um, sorry Frank Berry, uh, spent like five years getting to know people in direct provision, writing this film, learning people's stories really getting his himself under the skin of this system and how it impacts people and the film is so tender and so lovely and when we talked about Flea managing to have a light touch when you're speaking about these kind of subject matters um, this film is a hard watch I'd say but then he finds just the right moments when you need lightness mm. because you know people have lightness even in darkness and he captures that and I think why this film is so important now more than ever, as is Flea, is as Dave's already talked about, you know, how people how people can speak about refugees and immigration blows my mind when I hear the rhetoric. Uh, how people can just have no empathy or awareness of other people's situations. And they do say you need to live in someone's shoes to have empathy. Certain people do. And these films are so incredible because they really put you in the shoes. Like, I, like... I felt like Aisha was just such an incredible character. I just felt like I knew her at the end of the film and like feeling what she's been through and everything, every knockback she gets, like I felt like it was knocking oh, me back. You're just on the edge of yeah, this you're on film the edge is of like you just I want you to succeed and I want yeah. you to get the outcome you want and it's It's heartbreaking. And it's got the so perfect awful. ending. So you know the way you said like best end scene of the year, I agree with you. The last scene of After Sun, right, blew me away. But the best ending of the year I think was Aisha. Because I think it was perfect. And um, we watched it in the cinema. We actually watched it at the Cork uh, Film Festival, Cork International Film Festival as well. It was the opening night film. But 
it's now on Sky Cinema um, and I, I don't know in other countries where you can watch it but in the UK and Ireland anyway it's on Sky Cinema and it's phenomenal right and a couple of people have messaged us saying I'd have never heard about this movie if you guys hadn't reviewed it um, so a lot of people listening now probably haven't heard of it either um, particularly because Black Panther was on at the same time so like she naturally wasn't able to do as much publicity for this and stuff so I totally recommend you check it out and I'm so happy I'm so happy at the quality of Irish film we've watched this year yeah, we've not what? even seen it all what the hell we've not even seen The Wonder on Netflix which is apparently amazing um, so yeah and I mean obviously there's always other Irish films made as well but no yeah. I really recommend it Aisha um, on Sky Cinema next level and also we haven't um, even got to it's on my honourable mentions but My Father's Dragon another um Irish film from Cartoon Saloon. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, Irish Animation Studio. But um, we will pause which is now. Worth your time as well. Before we pause, can I just there, there a quick thing I forgot to mention on my rant about everything everywhere nope. all at once. You had your moment. No, 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 come on. The um, two other things which this movie just like pushed the boat out on is the um, just the, the production design, that sort of weird retro aesthetic, and the visual effects. Um, they did this. You know, there's a lot of YouTube videos which I have hungrily uh, consumed, but about the they only had like seven or eight. Um, people, uh, visual effects people on this on this film, wow. and they it, were able to achieve stuff that was, I think, the equal of or more interesting than a lot of what you get in Marvel movies. It makes me laugh now when I think of the. I feel like there was a point in time where one of us would have had a Marvel movie in our top five. I was gonna well, the I, reduction in quality. It's funny, and the embarrassment of riches they have in terms of money in those films, and then you've got films that are a hundred times better, like Uncolleen Kuhn is better than any Marvel film ever made but that, and now this that's is an a, that's Irish an, language that's an unfair comparison though. They're, they're, not in, they're not even in the same like they're not playing in the ball, same ballpark I'm talking about quality and care oh, oh yeah care okay, and consideration yeah. anyway we shall end on that note I will be talking Dave about all the Marvel movies Marvel. that were released this year <laughs> later on but I broadly agree with you Cathy in that yeah it is funny that they you know years a few years ago like Avengers Endgame was in my top five you know mm-hmm. things like that they, we're nowhere near that level anymore with no. the phase four stuff but anyway we're gonna we're gonna take a a, a quick break so you're gonna hear um probably either some music or maybe some uh, some audio from one of those <laughs> movies um and then we're gonna come back we're gonna uh, tell you about um all the other movies that nearly made the cut uh, and then our most disappointing experiences of the year our worst movies and the best cinematic experience we had this year mm-hmm. uh so see you in a sec bye now if i've done something to you just tell me what I've done to you. And if I said something to you, maybe I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it. But I don't think I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it. But if I did, then tell me what it was. And I'll say sorry for that too, Colin. With all my heart, I'll say sorry. Just stop running away from me like some fool of a moody schoolchild. But you didn't say anything to me. And you didn't do anything to me. Well, that's what I was thinking, like. I just don't like you no more. You do like me. I don't. You liked me yesterday. Oh, did I? Yeah. I thought you did. Okay, hi, we're back. A uh, uh, little bit of time has passed. We've had dinner and now we're in a bar having cocktails because that's how we roll for our end of the year. We're being really loud for the fact Sorry. that we're in a bar. Um, I'm having a cocktail of a Negroni with Prosecco in it because it's the cocktail of 2022. I've just tried to explain to Dave why and I lost him. Yeah, it's a TikTok trend. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what this TikTok is. <laughs> anyway, it's delicious. There are trends on it and that's First one of them. First time I've ever had one. 
It's delicious. And I'm having the Seasons Diamond. It's got violet gin, butterfly blue PT, Contro, lemon, egg white, champagne, and Tattinger champagne. I love Because, guys, I'm pretty fancy. <laughs> I mean, your cocktail is bright purple. You should see this thing. It's it interesting. is pretty awesome. Um, so... We're also in a really cozy nook, which is perfect. It's like a, it's like a sound booth. Um, we are here to talk about our best cinema experience of 2022, which yeah. is a new category uh, invented by moi. I have three. Three? Yeah. I have one. Okay. Because there is only one cinema experience that is worth talking about this year, and well, that's Avatar <laughs> The Way of Water. Which we've James just Cameron done a review on. James Cameron out there killing it revolutionizing cinema changing the way we view things bringing in a whole third dimension that no one had ever seen before if there was a worse cinema experience of 2022 <laughs> I would have Avatar in it because I nearly had a panic attack because it was so long and so boring and I felt trapped underwater and the cinema was hot yeah yeah you hated it I loved it I loved it so much I saw it twice <laughs> and you can go listen to me, to me gush about it Dave did he's claim like that only... he's going to see it for a third time this year I actually would um, is it the only movie this year that you and I disagreed on no. or, ha- or had a big difference of opinion it wouldn't have been but I can't remember I can't think of any others no but this is the one that we had such different opinions on and I'm so absolutely flabbergasted by your opinion on it um, so are you going to go and do a hat trick because he said you said the other day you fancied a third goal now I don't think I've got the time. Will it be the I'm best about, cinema about, experience of 2023 for you? But like work, if I just start work again, <laughs> yeah. I just don't think I just don't think I can pack in a three and a half hour movie. Um, okay, so but yeah, that was my best cinema experience. Best cinema experience. The reason I wanted to do this category was actually for Top Gun Maverick because it didn't crack my top five. Yeah, but I had the best. That was a great cinema experience. Fun. That's a great movie to see at the cinema. It's brilliant cinema. And I mentioned already when Dave was talking about it and we did a whole review where we gushed about it, but um, it felt like a Mission Impossible movie and I love Mission Impossible movies. And this is, today's point of view, a hundred times better than the original, but really references the original very well. Mm. So it feels like a proper sequel. Um, It's not like a reboot. It's a proper sequel as well. Um, So it's so much fun and I just... I saw Tom Cruise hanging off a plane there recently in some promo for the next Mission Impossible. I just can't wait. I live for it. Um, We're so lucky to have that lunatic (laughs) making movies for us. My other uh, best cinema experience of the year was Blackbird. We had such a laugh. We did have fun. The whole cinema. So for anyone who doesn't know, Blackbird is the Irish Irish movie that was... It's not an Irish movie. Written by and directed by Michael Flatley and starring Michael Flatley. Produced by Michael. Produced Flatley. by Michael Flatley. Funded by Michael Flatley. Funded by Michael Flatley. And like this is like catnip to an Irish audience. Our whole audience was laughing for the whole film. We had so much fun talking about it. It was our two hundred and fiftieth episode. It was the best laugh we'd had on the podcast in a long time. So Blackbird. If you only listen to one, if if you're if you're um, some of the people who only tune in for this end of year. If you only listen to one other episode, listen to our chat about Blackboard because we, we, we had such fun. Um, and then my third and last best cinema experience was Matilda the Musical. Um, ah, yeah. We had, it was the best family experience we had this year in cinema. We brought our two kids. It's got such brilliant songs and it's so joyous. And so we saw it in... We were listening to them today yeah, in the car. We saw the it in early November. It's now the 1st of January and today we're still listening to the songs with the kids. They love them. And when I grow up, 
the song made me cry even today it's so the music like Tim Minchin is a genius and it's a brilliant stage show it's a brilliant film I've already mentioned it has a brilliant Irish actress but and Emma Thompson the more we listen to the soundtrack is a genius oh my god I mean her doing she can sing as well she's such a singer but it's Um, the best role it's the best role but when I grow up makes me cry it's such a beautiful song because it just captures this feeling that you have when you're a kid that when you think if I can just be an adult everything will be brilliant like that line where they say when I grow up I'll be strong enough to carry all the things that grown ups do and it made me cry because it makes me think but when you get to being a grown up and you realise you don't know what you're doing at all and it's kind of sad to have that innocence of childhood when you get to being a grown up and actually things are just a bit harder and you kind of nearly wish you were a kid again and that song just captures the whole lot of it and I nearly would cry now thinking about it and I just love how obsessed our older kid is with we've now bought him the Matilda book for Christmas we've watched the original Matilda the um, one from the 90s with him because he's obsessed we're reading a couple of pages of Matilda every night like the movie it captured his imagination like I would say no film he's ever seen before um, so that's and then this is hilarious look at my look at my list I'm showing you this bit of my list and not the rest I wrote down Blackbird twice <laughs> so, so good excited. she wrote it down twice I'm so excited <laughs> um, so Avatar for you and for me Top Gun Maverick Blackbird and Matilda um, best cinema experience of 2022 now we do have to say some honourable mentions we won't bang on about them too long but for people who are looking for <sighs> film recommendations these are the ones that didn't quite make the lists but are absolutely worth speaking about Dave honourable mentions right I've got a lot of these so Keep I'm just going to whiz through them yeah 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 okay 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 um, Aisha is on my list uh, that would have been in, in my top 10 it's a beautiful mm-hmm. film I think Cathy has already spoken really eloquently on it um, Nope by Jordan Peele yeah I presume absolutely. that's on yours yeah, as well um, I think this is again he's a filmmaker like I said about Love the Daniels him. Um, no, who, Daniels. So, like I said about Daniels, <laughs> I, you know, he, he's the star. You know, the yeah. director. You know, we show up for it's like Hitchcock. It's an exactly. Yeah. What am I going to see from Jordan Peele? Um, this is a, it was a weird movie. It was different. Um, it was kind of unsettling. It I loved like, it. It was like his take on a blockbuster rather than a horror film, but mm-hmm. it had still had his horror elements. It was interesting, odd, weird. I loved it. Yeah, really, really big fan of Nope. Um, Prey, um, the Predator. Prey's on my movie. list as well. Yeah, yeah. From, and again, we've Disney done a Plus review of that in the feed, but fantastic film. Dan Trachtenberg. Should have been great in the cinema. director. Uh, Cloverfield Lane director. Yes, should have had a cinematic release. Yeah. Just really fun, period Predator movie. But it's one of those films that I think, albeit I would have loved to see it in cinema, and that's always my default watch film. And I do have a real sense of unease about streaming services stealing from cinemas. But, but the future of I, streaming is all I, up in the air what, anyway. What so. was really good for Prey, though, which is potentially a small movie, it, it received such word of mouth that it then became a huge streamer hit. Yeah. And that can that can often not happen with cinema for certain types of films. And he's got a, an idea for a sequel. I mean, bag, it's, it's so. Prey's a brilliant film. Totally recommend. Um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. So also we have, on my list. We, we, we watched that in the last week. We haven't done an episode on it. We haven't really had a chance. We might not be able to get to but yeah, I'm glad to hear it's on your list. So let's talk briefly about that because um, this is a year. There were three or oh, there was four, four Pinocchio Pinocchios. movies this year. You know, probably most famously is that uh, Disney one. Although um, 
everyone should look up the trailer for the Pauly Shore voiced oh my Pinocchio because that is it's so It's called funny. Pinocchio, the true story. I just want to do my own thing, Dan. We spent like 20 minutes it's watching YouTube clips of it. <laughs> but so on, ignoring weird. that, onto the Guillermo del Toro, which is yeah. the only one we actually I watched. I thought this was fantastic. Both of us, we did not want, we chose not to watch it with the kids because I looked it up and it, it, it said like, themes of fascism and very dark and, yeah, I, and I looked at a few a, people it's not a kids film it's no I mean all of that would have gone over their head but it's it's just a very like ten serious plus. Kind ten of, plus eight, yeah sure yeah. it's alright I, I have so much respect for stop motion animation yeah. um, the Leica Studios um, the uh, Wallace and Gromit House whose name I forget Ardman um it is a, it's such an incredible craft and we we immediately after watching the movie on Netflix by mm-hmm. the way went and watched the half an hour Netflix yeah. behind the scenes thing which I, I recommend viewing brilliant. in tandem and I wished I wish that we could have done that with Avatar Oh, yes. I think it behind yeah. the scenes of Avatar is truly more interesting than the film but with um, Pinocchio it's funny that I just said that I have really mixed feelings about streamers and movies taking away from cinema but I believe this movie would years, not have got he made. was trying to get it made yeah. and only Netflix put the cash up so look fair play to them Netflix actually supporting the arts here it's not a populist film it like watching the behind the scenes it was stop motion like you know how much work goes into that it was over I think three different continents or three different countries like the, the teams on this are huge and what I loved about it is I was a little bit like not that into it so it's like I'm kind of bored I know the story of Pinocchio it's actually a different story so it's inspired it by and features elements of the original Pinocchio but it's a different story and actually it's a very interesting story it's set on the backdrop of World War 2 and fascism in Italy goes places I'd have never expected yeah. And it has um, like, like a, 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 the song point, that I loved. Um, he's dancing for Mussolini. Like that he's happens dancing for, in this movie. Remember the song? <laughs> ciao, papa. Yeah, ciao, nice. papa. Now the songs weren't. There, there are musical numbers in this. They yeah, but it's all about ciao, papa. Weren't amazing. That was a good song. Anyway, but, we're not doing a review of it no. here, but we recommend it. Yeah. But it's we're also if you like Guillermo del Toro, it is distinctly Guillermo yeah, del Toro. 100%. It's got monster and creature designs. It's yeah, it's really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, Matilda the musical is on my list. You've already spoken mm-hmm. enough about that. Um, Glass Onion, I think, is one of the yeah. best. Uh, now we've done a review of that. It's going to yeah. come soon, so we're not going to talk to it here. But we both really enjoyed Glass Onion. Yeah, we had a great time. Yeah. It's not quite as good as Knives Out for me. Disagree. Um, oh, you think it's better or the same? I think they're comparable. Okay. But we'll get. To, we, you know, we're going to speak about it in the podcast. Um, good horror film I enjoyed this year was Smile. Um, you have Smile on your honourable mention. Yeah, I really enjoyed Smile. I mean, I enjoyed it too, I was I guess. really got under my skin. It was really horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like rattling it. ice I for like sound effects here. There you go, nice. Um, I really enjoyed it. We, we didn't do a review of this. I watched this with, uh, with Oscar, our eldest son, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, this is a brilliant companion piece to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which we <laughs> did a Patreon review of um, oh, which we loved, this year. Which we loved, yeah. And really holds up, but Chippendale Rescue Rangers is a similar thing where it um, it, in, it, it looks into it, it, it imagines um, um, a world where animation uh, the people in animation are actors and what are their behind the scenes lives like, um, and it's created by the um, the uh, the guys that uh, are famous for the Lonely Island music videos. Um, it's really, really, really funny. I do want to watch uh, it. It's yeah. very entertaining. Based on your recommendation, um, maybe we'll hear from Kathy, and we'll come back to. I've got I'm about oh, okay. halfway through mine. Um, so a lot of the ones you mentioned already, I also had. Or I won't repeat them. Banshees of Inisherin because I loved it. Um, I have Don't Worry, Darling, because I think the treatment of that film by the press was disgusting. 
and I think the misogyny directed at the director was disgusting and uh, I think it was a really creative film that had loads of cool stuff I know the ending didn't a lot of people didn't like it that ending has gotten worse in my memory since we watched it I know and I know that like I take that there's criticism of the film but I think the problem is that the criticism of the film was entirely mixed up with other criticisms and I really disagree with most of them whereas when anyone's talking about the film itself I don't you know anyone can have their own opinion about the film um, but I really enjoyed that I personally really enjoyed it I thought it was visually very cool looking I know it was derivative of some other plot points but so are all films and um, if, you, if you put the payoff aside in the end the mystery and the build up and the, first the production 30 minutes design of that and the film, look is good yeah. no, first the first hour and, yeah. hour and a half brilliant so I, I recommend Don't Worry Darling and I think if, if you've heard bad things about it ignore them because a lot of that was mixed up with other stuff um, unbearable weight of massive talent I love massive sad oh massive talent massive yeah. talent oh I wrote sadness on my list I've got that as well here <laughs> um, this is the Nicolas Cage movie you're thinking of um, melancom- melancholy and the infinite sadness oh, was that the unbearable weight of massive talent is a fantastic film starring Nicolas Cage playing himself I had the best laugh at it this year it was so much fun absolute brilliant film Um and then I have two other ones that you didn't have which was Not Okay which is a film that we watched on Disney Plus which is a sort of dark comedy about a woman who pretends definitely a dark that comedy. she went to Paris <laughs> she's a pretend wannabe influencer she pretends she went to Paris and then a to, bombing to, 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 to go to a writing course that she made up yeah, she pretends to she's impress in Paris. her boy yeah. and yeah. then what happens is there's a bombing in Paris when she's supposed to have been there and then everyone thinks she's in Paris and she goes along with it and pretends she witnessed this bombing it's a really interesting film uh, I really enjoyed it and I absolutely recommend everyone watch it on Disney Plus it's it very is. funny it's very good brilliant it's very funny. It, but it's good it's good social satire really good social satire well. um, and I loved it actually like I even like immediately like which I wouldn't often do I texted everyone in my family group and said you guys would all go and watch yeah not I agree okay. go it's on my it. list as well highly recommend it's called Not Okay yeah really good um, and then finally um I watched all of this day when he watched a bit of it but I just really enjoyed Do Revenge on Netflix I love like teen college movies okay, there's uh, a movie we disagree on but I you didn't watch not, it all. I didn't rate it yeah but you didn't watch it all fine yeah. uh, Do Revenge is just a good clean fun like teen movie um, references a lot of movies that it's not as good as but it is a good movie so I recommend it um, finally I didn't see this movie I wish I had and I'm just mentioning it because I, I tried to see it and it left the cinema too soon uh, The Woman King wish I'd seen it oh didn't, yes yeah, but yeah. I know it would be on my list but it came and went in the cinema so quick that I just missed it we should say there's like we get to you know however many episodes we released this year that's how many times we went to the cinema yeah and that's less than 52 because we mm-hmm. barely made one a week so we have not seen all the movies yeah that, like, like, and a, a lot of you will have seen so if you're thinking um, oh, why didn't they mention X movie? It's because we didn't see it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or maybe we hated it. Well, um, and also we always say this about these lists, but like, you know, these are subjective. It's our taste. Oh, yeah, exactly. And um, we, we, personally for me, often if I wrote the list on one day versus another, it might be a bit different. I never have like a solid number one like Dave had this year. I, I mix around until I saw Aisha and I knew that was my number one. But um, yeah, so it's subjective and we haven't seen all the movies. So take it all with a pinch of salt. I got a few more honorable mentions. Um, 
I am going to mention all the Marvel movies that were released oh, this year, um, but they're on they're each on a different section of the list. Okay? okay, this is the only one that made the honorable mentions for me, and it's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So mm-hmm. this is the I think this was the best Marvel MCU movie agree, that came yeah. out this year. Definitely, um, I think it was great to see Sam Raimi back on um, back directing after such a long, long hiatus. I think there was enough of his unique style. Um, in this movie um, that it, um, he shunned through it was a good fit um, for the Doctor Strange universe uh, it felt like a little horror film I loved how they tied it in with WandaVision one of the best shows we saw which was on our year. list from last year yeah, our TV uh, list now, uh, we'll, t- we, we'll talk about all the MCU TV shows in, in our TV episode but nothing has topped WandaVision no. you know uh, nothing um, so I loved how they tied all that in, and so I thought it was yeah, I thought it was a really entertaining, um, good movie. And it's I, an I awful it shame for it. It was in cinemas the same time as everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, look, what a bummer. it can't compete with no. that, but it, it is good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I you spoke about the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, <laughs> the Batman. I'm surprised that's not on your list, or is it coming up? Uh, it's not coming up. You should anywhere. see Kathy's face. No, it's a, it's on no list. I enjoyed it though, but it's, it wouldn't make any of my list. It's not bad enough or good enough to make any. Of my I, list. I I really liked it uh, mm. a lot more than I thought it would. Um, another movie I saw uh, this year, which you didn't see on. Uh, Netflix so we haven't talked about is Boiling Point the um, I started it and I knew how oh, good it was, it was and it was too stressful, stressful yeah, for yeah. me it is a stressful movie yeah. so for I anyone who doesn't know this is, uh, Stephen Graham uh, starring as a head chef in a restaurant and it's all the entire movie is one take which is obviously a, a bit of a gimmick but it's nowadays but it's it's, it's, it's not still, a gimmick when it's done right though oh god it's, that's the entire movie yeah. guys and it's, it's not, not like, a gimmick it's not like 1917 so where there's like four cuts or whatever this is all in one take mm-hmm. and it's stressful enough as it is this movie so to, to think that the actors had to perform <laughs> this as well um, but it's it's really really good um, along with The Bear which I'll talk about in our, our TV episode the TV can I excuse me along with The Bear okay. which I'll talk about in a TV episode mm-hmm. Boiling Point makes a brilliant companion piece for mm-hmm feeling like getting an inside look at how fucking stressful it is to work in a kitchen and Dave's Um, dad used to be a chef so I have a a newfound respect for everything my dad went through Um, but I I do recommend watching The Boiling Point I watched it with my mom actually we both enjoyed it Um, Hustle is a um, Adam Sandler uh, basketball movie oh my gosh I I forgot about that I loved Hustle it's a great movie when we didn't do a review on them yeah, we don't take notes of things. Yeah, that we now, don't. But now that we've joined Letterbox, so all go and follow us on Letterbox. We have started. We've started tracking all the movies we watch on Letterbox. Hustle was fantastic. Best sports movie in years. Definitely best sports movie this year. I think. Uh, yeah, and, and a re- really, really good. It reminds you how good Adam Sandler is when he wants to be. He's a great actor. It's yeah. a good sports movie. If you like Rocky, if you like anything like that check it out yeah you love Hustle any one of you who likes sports movies will love Hustle um, Barbarian um, I caught up on this it just came back on, on Disney Plus this is a little um, um, horror movie um, which is I just cannot recommend this enough I thought I think it might be I think it is the best horror movie I saw this year um, it's called Barbarian it's about a woman who goes to an Airbnb in Detroit and it is one of the most surprising films I've seen this year because oh, okay. you think it's one movie and it isn't. And then every 20 minutes, you think it's a different movie. And then it <laughs> changes again. And you're like, what is this movie? Um, that sounds really good. And it is inventive so and creepy. 
and good. It is better than Smile. Yeah, it's re- Smile is very, very derivative of things. This movie is doing its own thing and it's badass. And it's got a brilliant um, uh, female lead. It is a really, really good. And it kind of has something to do about um, the perception of safe or, uh, or the the experience of uh, uh, men and women when it comes to unsafe situations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. Um, another uh, horror movie which was good, not quite as good as but Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. You and I watched a bit of this. Um, I think it's worth a mention. I it's actually, it's so funny because Dave tends to watch horror movies without me because I'm not into it. But Bodies, 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 I wanted to watch as well. Yeah, and, and halfway through I was like, this is good, but I don't care for any of the protagonists. So yeah, they're all awful unless people. Unless they're dying within the next two but minutes. That's kind of the point. It's, it's it. a Gen Z satire, right? They're yeah. all awful people. They're all, they all have, like, there's, there's a lot of skewering of someone who has a podcast. And TikToks. Um, and TikToks and influencers and all this stuff. Um, but it's... You I, did I, enjoy the podcast. I thought it was though. funny. It's mm-hmm. kind of like um, a whodunit type thing that has a good twist at the end so yeah it's worth a look um, you talked about not okay My Father's Dragon is a lovely uh, movie it's the latest um, from Cartoon Saloon um, I watched this with Oscar uh, we both really enjoyed it uh, and then the only Pixar Disney movie which is getting a good shout out from me is Turning Red um, oh I really like Turning I really Red yeah, yeah. yeah I, like I think this too. was the best Pixar Disney movie I'm going to mention the rest of them in it's my, interesting because again we talked about Marvel earlier but the first couple of years we did our podcast I'm pretty sure that a, a Pixar was in one of our yeah, top fives every both, year they've both gone super down here. yeah but yeah. I agree I really enjoy that film as well and thank you I'd forgotten about it um, and Violent Night is the last movie I'll talk about we, we saw it recently I We've really done a full episode really on liked it, it. and so many of our listeners actually message us being like we loved Violent Night yeah it's it's, a, it's got a really high hit rate I think for people I, who honestly, enjoy action films I think over the next few years that's going to become a, a, a real like Christmas Christmas agree, uh, yeah. um, it's a great action re-watch. film if you like 80s action you would like Violet Night okay we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back with some of our patrons because um, our patrons by the way have the best taste of MTV and we take most of our recommendations from them uh, and we're going to come back now with some of their best movies of the year yeah so back in two seconds when I grow up, I will eat sweets every day. On the way to work, and I will go to bed late every night. And I will wake up when the sun comes up, and I will watch cartoons until my eyes go square. And I won't care, because I'll be all grown up. When I grow up. Hi, we're back. We're still drinking cocktails. I'm getting a little buzz now. You got a little buzz on? <laughs> I actually been sick for like three weeks since we had COVID. It's taken me ages to get over it. So um, this is my first drink post-COVID. So God help me. So yes. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to talk about our most uh, disappointing uh, and worst films in a minute. But first, let's hear from some of our um, our listeners on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash 
the Cinemile who shared their best and worst. We asked them to share their best and worst and they delivered. In fact, they sent so many that we can't read them all out. Yeah, so we're not going to get to all of you guys, but we're going to try and cover you between this and the TV review. Between this and the TV review, you will all be represented. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, most of you have better taste than we do. <laughs> if not all of you. Um, so Emma McCarthy um, said, firstly, she said, I've been looking forward to this uh, post as I've listened to all the previous episodes this year. Thank you, Emma. Uh, she said, her best movies of the year, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, I wanted to see that. I never no, sorry, it. this is TV. I've read it wrong. <laughs> Dave's already Fancy. messed up. <laughs> I messed up. She's just given us TV. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, we'll, guys. We'll sorry, back, Emma. We'll be back You'll to hear Emma, about Emma on the TV. The TV uh, this is hard, guys, after a few cocktails. Um, right, David Benyahia. Uh, his best films, The Batman. Love it. Boiling Point. Yes. Brian and Charles I really want to get to see this movie never saw have you seen this no it is a um, it's like a, a offbeat comedy with a guy and a robot but the robot is like you must have seen pictures of it it's like a giant terrible looking cardboard suit no but that sounds awesome oh yeah it looks fantastic want to see it thanks David uh, he has everything everywhere all at once men okay men I'm we, seen it. So, uh, we said there's um, that's the uh, latest one from um that the guy that made wrote Sunshine and um, uh, Danny Boyle that, no no the, the writer oh my god <laughs> this and is the terrible beach, audio The Beach oh, Alex, yeah. Garland. Yeah, Alex Garland oh there it is oh yeah. my god Alex Garland wrote this it was very divisive uh, this okay. movie Men so it was a uh, um, but I haven't seen it I, I really want to see it uh, Triangle of Sadness uh, is on my watch list once again our patrons have watched way more movies than us uh, yeah it's, I haven't watched Triangle of Sadness because you can only buy it right now so <laughs> I really want to spend 20 euro uh, and Where the Crawdads Sing um, oh yeah I haven't caught that one I'd yeah, like to see it though either. Yeah. thanks David um, Laura O'Dowd her best movies are Top Gun Maverick excellent Banshees of Inner Sharon Everything Everywhere All at Once and the eyes of Tammy Faye. It is okay, a movie. So it is a movie. Because Andrew Garfield was nominated for an Oscar or something for it, wasn't he? Oh, I'm, I'm looking back. Oh, yeah. So Emma has mixed in her movie. Emma, it's too complicated. We, we, can't we don't know what you've done, Emma. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to absolutely single you out here. Uh, <laughs> right. Cathy, do you want to read out? Uh, 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 okay. Um, Stephen, Katie, Top Gun Maverick, Everything Everywhere, Glass Onion. Nice to see that in the top. Um and Ben Kirkpatrick um, best movies Top Gun Maverick our patrons love Top Gun Maverick and everything everywhere all at once wow they do seem to be the most common um, Liz Mitchell says uh, decided to stick to five of each it's very difficult it is Liz we really struggle with this best films in no order Top Gun Maverick nope Nightmare Alley Nightmare Alley is uh, another Guillermo del Toro movie that was released this year we haven't seen it she also says G to tease Pinocchio I don't think anyone's talking about the G Disney. to tease <laughs> no one's talking about the Disney one in this Glass Onion um, and Tom H has only put TV in <laughs> we really should have sorted this first Neil West best movie nope um, Kate Perone who's his partner best movie The Menu We've oh yes we want to see I've that yeah, yeah that's the Ray Fiennes one um, and Men she has Men as well Men as well um, and then and Johnny Keyes has but his best were The Batman uh, Top Gun Maverick Glass Onion and Jackass Forever I forgot that movie came out I've we seen, haven't a seen a few it. people with that on their list you know um, films from Clara C the worst person in the world uh, yes I've seen that on a it few it came out um, kind of the end of last year I think beginning of this year but yeah it's supposed to be it's supposed to be excellent uh, really want to see that thank you so much guys and now we are back to everyone's favourite bit which is the most disappointing <laughs> most movies disappointing and then worst well I start with disappointing go most disappointing for me 
It was Moonfall. You were disappointed by Moonfall? I thought Moonfall was going to be really good. That delivered exactly what I expected. But it didn't, because it was the guy who'd made Independence Day, right? And, like, loads of good action stuff. Uh, Like, Doomsday stuff. Worth... He's, he's been making Independence Day since then. Well, I Roland Emmerich. I didn't know that. So yeah. I came into Moonfall pumped for a good disaster movie. Oh, really? And, uh, I'm so sorry for your loss. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. <laughs> we did, however, have, again, the best laugh. We always have the best <laughs> laugh. We did have about the bad movies. Um, I actually recommend everyone watch Moonfall at home and just <laughs> laugh at it. It's, it's so stupid. It's like he's literally making movies... They're the parodies. 90s. They're, they're parodies. They're, they're like of his own nothing film. has changed. Um, so he has not gone with like the time. Like in Moonfall, like I'm, bi- I kid you not. There's a plot point where people are trying to nuke the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I wouldn't put past some people on this planet. To be honest. In, sorry, in order to save Earth. Earth. Yeah. Even though the, it, we need the moon. <laughs> well, it's kind of like buying Twitter and deciding to, to destroy it from free, the inside no, out. To, dis- to support free speech. You get rid of hate speech restrictions. It's that kind of a vibe, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was my most disappointing of the year. <laughs> Lovely. I truly had high hopes for. Oh, that's your only one. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, how many? Do you I've have? got a few. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call out Disney and Pixar oh. here. Okay, for anyone who's new listener and doesn't know, Dave used to love Marvel movies so much that once on this very podcast a number of years ago, when there was a lot less of them, he watched every single Marvel movie in order over three that's days. Not Disney and Pixar. Oh, I thought you were talking about just Disney like in general. Disney Animation Studios. Anyway, okay, Dave watched every Marvel movie that had ever been made over the course of a weekend and had the best weekend of his life. And this is a man who tragically only has one of them in his well, honourable mentions I'll, I'll this year. I'll talk about Marvel then. Uh, so, Marvel. so I've got m- one of my most disappointing this year is um, Wakanda Forever. Because uh, I was really... I don't think you that... You liked it. Yeah, I, 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 I like it. It's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a pretty good movie. It's not bad. But I, I was it. but I was disappointed, right? Yeah. Because I expected more from that movie. Yeah. Um, I think Ryan Coogler is a great director. I think that first movie was fantastic. Sorry, when you said earlier on that the only one in your honourable mentions was Doctor Strange, and I agreed with you, I had forgotten about Black Panther. So I actually... I like You'd Black put Panther. that in your honourable mentions. I would, would yeah. I like, I okay. like it, yeah. Um, no, I, I was just expecting more from it. It had a kick-ass trailer... Um, I think you know to be fair to the movie it had to do a lot Chadwick Boseman sadly passed away and they they had to change a lot of the movie they had to rewrite it a lot the tribute to him is beautiful beautiful. it is fantastic and the movie has a lot going for it there's good good stuff in it I just I just wanted it to be better I know and I'm not it's a very three star kind of movie it's no like Um, when I when Moonfall and um, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever are in the same category they are by no means of similar quality yeah sure oh, I agree <laughs> um, but I was going to talk about uh, Walt Disney Studios the animation wing and Pixar right mm-hmm. now these are there was a time about 10-15 years ago where Pixar for, were my favourite movies 10-15 years ago up until 5 years ago yeah but they were like I, I mean we're talking but the high point for me was you know, Finding Nemo, Up, Wally. That was a point mm-hmm. where they were just bashing out these incredibly inventive and groundbreaking work. Mm-hmm. Now I know talent moves on, and like um, the scandals around the leaders, John Lasseter, yeah, whatever. But the um, you know things change. But now they're just. But you like, know what changes? Now they're You're producing. Now, now turning red was good, but like 
Now they're Disney making like Lightyear. Yeah, well, I know, yeah, that, that's a factor as well. Though I didn't, I went to see Lightyear with the kids in the cinema. Lightyear is fine. We never did a review I'm not of in the, Lightyear, okay, on, but yeah. I didn't mind it. I'm, but it's I'm fine. not in the worst section yeah, here. I'm saying I'm it's fine. Disappointed. Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah, disappointed that a studio like Pixar is now producing things like Lightyear, <laughs> Lightyear which yeah. doesn't know what the fuck it is. It doesn't know. It doesn't make sense, Lightyear. It doesn't make sense. It's the movie movie. based on the toy. No, it's the movie. It's the movie that Andy watched before he bought the toy, and that, by just doing that alone, the movie made no sense. But like, it doesn't have. This is the problem. Pixar was good when they were, they had a story to tell, Mm -hmm. and it was unique, and they did it in the most perfect way. This is reverse engineering a thing where. Buzz Lightyear is a popular character. Mm-hmm. We need to do something. What could we do? See, I think and then they shoehorn in this sort of Star Trek sci-fi um, episode. But I know we're not here to review Lightyear, but I actually thought that Lightyear was a great film, but I thought the shoehorning it into being about Buzz Lightyear and attaching it to Toy Story only made it a good film because that whole bit made no sense. Yeah. Whereas I actually loved the characters and the story of Lightyear. But it also isn't a good kids film. You know, I know you brought you brought our, like, kids our kids and I've kids watched it, it since with them. Yeah, but it's not. It's it like it's hard it to resonate. follow. How, it didn't to, how are kids supposed to follow yeah. this? Like our kids, like they're can not barely talking about it. Know the difference between like weeks and Would you years want to know what a bummer this is? And this has like like time passing and different like speeds. But you know what a bummer this movie was for kids. You know the way the number one thing that happens to a kid after they've watched a movie is that they want to consume other things of that movie. So speaking of Matilda, Oscar wants to read the book, he wants to listen to the songs, he wants to watch the original. We came home, right, and we have a Buzz Lightyear toy. And I was like, boys, here's Buzz Lightyear. And they didn't even play with it. But they were also like, that's not him. But that's damning, though. Yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. The actual toy that you would have made this, you would have made after this movie if you were a toy maker is the little kitty in it. Yeah, maybe yeah. they maybe they did. Look, that movie. No, bombed. no, I mean, if it had been the nineties, that and movie you were Andy. was not a success. If so you the were money Andy, you'd have bought the kitty. Oh, sorry, yeah, Buzz yeah, exactly. But sorry, Andy wouldn't have enjoyed this movie, <laughs> and also this movie wouldn't have been released in the nineties. That's when Independence Day and yeah. Roland Emmerich were ruling the box office. Like this, like a, some sort of cerebral. But I wish like, Disney had been so progressive in the because like, there's like great gay characters and everything. I wish Disney had been so progressive in the nineties. So they're actually showing themselves. Okay, up. well, speaking of it, you haven't seen it, but Strange World is was the latest Disney. I've just watched it with the boys in Disney Plus. I watched it with them. I walked out of the room, the room halfway through. Now it does it does do some nice things as well. Like the um, the boy character has an has an, an open crush on another boy, and it's totally normalised. And I like that they're nice, doing all yeah. that stuff. Um, and it's kind of doing some interesting stuff about like multi generations and expectations of father. But that's all the kind of stuff that should just appeal to me, mm-hmm. a, a father sitting on the couch with my two sons. Mm-hmm. And I was bored to tears by this movie it bombed it's, the box office didn't it it's, it's trying to do a lot but it's trying to do too much it is starts with a strange world then they visit another strange world there's way too much going on it's trying to do an adventure movie vibe it's it's just, honestly I expect more from the studio that produced like Zootropolis only a few years ago just great I, stuff I think the year it came out and Zootropolis like, Moana, it was in my top five yeah Moana, actually I cheated I remember Zootropolis and Moana I put them at the same number how, like they were releasing Zootropolis and Moana in the same year now their big one is Strange Worlds and it's just not up to muster yeah. um um, what? Uh, sorry, sorry. Two other movies. I must disappoint you. This is a very long list. One was a uh, censor. This is. I saw a lot of horror movies this year. This one was getting a lot of buzz. Starred Nia Valgar. I'm a big, oh, I love her. Big fan of her. This is a. It's an interesting movie. It's trying to do some really cool. I bet things. she's great. I love the is aesthetic. She? Another I love brilliant the setting. actor. I just, Irish actor. I think 
it, it's not a bad movie again it's not a bad movie she's great she's fantastic mm-hmm. um, in this movie she, like really good and the movie is ambitious and doing stuff and it's not bad it's just wasn't what I wanted it to be so I was disappointed do you know what right? though okay. this, do you know what this film might have fallen victim of yeah. being Hype. Over, overhyped yeah it was overhyped it, it was everyone's yeah, yeah, like number yeah. one movie last year yeah um, and then lastly um, The Matrix Resurrec- Resurrections came out at the beginning of this year and for that the first half like of that movie that feels years know, ago right? for the first half of that movie I was like wow they're actually doing something interesting with the Lego sequel they're actually commenting on the previous movies and their legacy mm-hmm. and what it means which the new Scream movie characters. does uh, the new Scream movie I was also disappointed by but not, to the, not enough to talk about it here um, and I was just like and then the second half just became a generic bland boring action film with bad action which is unforgivable when I in tell a series you, I cannot that redefined remember. action I cannot remember that film yeah so I mean like and some, I, I actually enjoyed it at the time more than you it's not like the first Matrix which I'll remember forever no it this is literally that. a blip yeah. like I cannot like I, if you didn't even remember it happened until I brought it up do you mean it's a glitch up. in the Matrix <laughs> nice. okay. okay on to my worst movies of 2022 I have two one of which is already featured on a different list which is Blackbird yeah because it was that's on mine as well it was my best in it my is. experience it is, it is not it, is, it would be, be remiss of us not to point it out as one of the worst movies <laughs> that was released this year if not the worst and um, one of our followers AJ it is, um, it is wrote a really nice tweet barely a movie on Twitter recommending our review of Blackbird and he also recommended Mark Commode's review of Blackbird and he said reviews of Blackbird are now their own genre which <laughs> I really enjoyed the reviews of Blackbird are more entertaining than Blackbird <laughs> but so it's on my worst list but gotta say it was also one of my favourite movies of the year so look this is how films work um, the other one I have on my list because when I really thought about it afterwards and I didn't give it a good review at the time anyway but when I thought about it afterwards Thor Love and Thunder yeah what what it's on my list as well oh my gosh uh, Thor, Thor Love and Thunder is like, one of I the worst the movies the first Thor yeah. movie and I know everyone loves the second Thor movie but the first Thor movie for me was probably no everyone hates the second Thor movie we had this there, Everyone loves the you've third. forgotten that I've there forgotten is a the second, second one, one. Yeah, but yeah. the first one was my favourite I think at the time my favourite Marvel movie I'd ever seen and it's still one of my favourite Marvel movies I've ever seen I love Thor I love Chris Hemsworth and I really like Natalie Portman in the films and I found this to be uh, and I love um, who makes it again who's the director Taika Waititi love him yeah, every, so every part everyone, of this should have been good involved in this is good and, and it isn't a turd. Good. Yeah, yeah. It so like, look, this is my criticism after Negroni with Prosecco in it. It's a turd. Yeah, it's really, it's it. I, I am was both disappointed by it. It would have made that list, except that it just is bad. It's yeah. one of the worst movies I saw this year. Yeah, and it is unforgivably bad because Taika Waititi is a fantastic there's writer no, and director. No this is lazy. It felt like he phoned it in, and it has some good stuff in it. There is some there's no excuse because you've got the Disney budget you've got his talent you've got Chris yeah. Hemsworth who I truly believe is one of the best comedic actors of his generation you've got the Natalie pro- Portman an Oscar winning actress the problem is this movie it was unable to find a tone that worked it wanted yeah, to be a bit more serious but it wants to be a comedy and, yeah. and those two uh, were un- un- they were not coexisting this was the film that truly and I know I always say it but I've decided after watching Thor we review basically all the Marvel movies in our podcast, right? Because everyone watches them and therefore they're good to talk about. But after this, I was like, I'm not going to see them all anymore yeah. because that was a true waste of time. Until Wakanda Forever came out. Into that. But I like Wakanda Forever. Yeah. 
so I didn't I think with the Marvel movies it's really interesting because the medium ones I tend to like more than you because you get very disappointed very easily on them whereas I'm often like basically low-key disappointed with all of them or have very low expectations but Thor I genuinely had expectations of because of the director and because of the previous Thor movies so therefore it was way worse for me but also it's incomparable Thor if you compare it to Wakanda Forever or um the multiverse thing it is just it's bad it's the worst yeah, yeah. but it's also that do you know said, what the it other... had a lovely payoff a very lovely payoff on what Thor Love and Thunder meant that's all I have to say for oh yeah no there, that was good yeah. but there, there's some good stuff in here like yeah. it's not it's not a it's not Blackbird it's not wall to wall what is this movie <laughs> this isn't a movie this is terrible this is a but one man's ego but Blackbird was at least fun like, though Bla- like Thor Love and Thunder has a fantastic moon sequence with, that's in black and white it's got some really good stuff in it yeah. but as a movie it's not doesn't all hold but together we have a full review of it we have yeah. a full review it really of it really doesn't yeah, yeah. Um, and also the other problem is there's a smugness to it it is yeah. a smug movie is, yeah. Chris Humsworth's comedy and Taika Waititi's comedy after the success of Thor Ragnarok they just walked into this like swaggering don't blame Chris Hemsworth never blame the actor blame the studio okay, blame the director alright alright I don't think this I will is not Chris hear Hemsworth's you say turn a either. word against Chris Hemsworth um, so I had are you done with your worst I'm just saying don't you ever dare breathe criticism are you done with Chris your Hemsworth. worst I'm done yeah. okay so I also had Thor Love and Thunder and Blackbird uh, I had Moonfall on mine because I had a great time I had so much fun I recommend everyone watch it but it is obviously one of the worst movies of the year um, but you like missed out you ago. missed out one of the biggest ones what? probably the worst movie what? was Jurassic World Dominion that is hands down one of the most I, unbearably awful I tell you, I, cinema experiences I, I had this year I scrolled through our whole feed and didn't even notice you missed it didn't even notice it it was so unmemorable I can't remember it this was I know this should have been good because they were brought back the old cast oh yeah this is legacy sequel stuff I forgot that they praised the new cast oh this should have gone the most cast. disappointing because I had some hopes for it because the original cast because no, we just watched the original one for our Patreon and this is what I mean by Top again why Top Gun is such a triumph because this is what I expect from legacy ones. I expect this that's why I wasn't disappointed because it was like Scream oh, was better than this old cast back for back, and they were like oh it's probably not going to be good but to be fair to this movie it exceeded my expectations as to how bad it was going to be <laughs> it was so spectacularly <laughs> awful they was I like, remember like it. Th- this uh, like Colin Trevorrow is like the, for a man who made Safety Not Guaranteed which Love I thought that was movie. great um, and then was like you know made Jurassic World made all the money was tapped to do episode 9 Star Wars and then got pulled off that then comes back to make this garbage like I'm starting to question what that man is up to because he was heavily involved in the writing and for the writing of this movie they were like do you know what let's not do dinosaurs let's do locusts do you know what would be good? Mutant locusts. Oh my gosh, Let's I make about that, that the plot of this movie. Yeah. And that is the plot of this movie. And it movie. should have been so good because the end of the last movie, spoilers for the end of the, the last Jurassic World, if anyone cares, was like dinosaurs are roaming the earth now. Yeah. So and we then, were like, oh my like, gosh, wow, dinosaurs what are roaming the earth. And it's like, no, let's do that for 10 minutes. And then let's get into this locust stuff. Because that's what the people really came for, right? Like locust worlds. I mean, I've always. <laughs> Always wanted, and let's locusts. set the whole thing on an island. <laughs> um, now, now yeah. I gotta say, the other thing is like um, there are many um, movies this year and, and TV shows that uh, poked fun at eccentric um, bil- tech billionaires, mm-hmm. right? So we had um, um, Don't Look Up doing it last year. Um, we've got Knives Out and Edward Norton, or sorry, Glass, Glass Onion doing it fantastically. Mm-hmm. And this one, 
was the most boring of it. The yeah. tech billionaire bad guy. Yeah. Bleh. So anyway, let's hear what um, the... That's all of our uh, worst and most disappointing. Let's hear what some of you guys had for your, um, for for your, your worst. worst. Okay, <laughs> this is where I wish we'd separated out the list. Oh, okay, here we go. Sophie Keeley. Um, worst movie this year for me was Black Adam. We didn't see that. No, we didn't. But we I never wish got I had. To it. Um, I love... I don't wish I had. I had no interest in I seeing it. I love how The Rock was like I'm single-handedly fixing the DC universe and then it went terribly yeah. I want to watch it because I love The Rock I'm, I'm going to go and watch it have you seen all this stuff lately where The Rock is like disputing the box office result like everyone's <laughs> saying it was a bomb for DC and he's saying no actually I've checked he said something he tweeted something like I've checked with my accountants and it's actually going to turn out to be a financial <laughs> success I think The Rock doesn't understand that half of half of uh, the movie's budget marketing. that ends up getting spent on yeah, marketing exactly, yeah. he's thinking of like just the production cost anyway Emma Curry has worst movies Blonde Emma I'm really glad you What's mentioned that? that so that's the movie that I on principle refuse to watch which is about Marilyn Monroe stars um, oh god I'm not stars the, that's the biopic who's brilliant Anna the, de Armas yeah, yeah stars she's her. Good. I just refuse to watch anything about Marilyn Monroe I'm like leave the woman rest in peace yeah um, but Emma, I'm glad you mentioned it because I've heard a lot of people said it's bad. Halloween ends. Yeah, Just, we didn't get to this. We, we, we quite enjoyed the first well, one. See, I thought Halloween already ended, so I didn't need to go back <sighs> it's to it. Ended a lot over the years, um, Emma, and it will not end. Emma also has Jurassic World Dominion. Fair play. Um, and Sarah Heffernan has worst just because it disappointed compared to my expectations. Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, yeah uh, totally agree on that one. Um, um, and then Alexander uh, Sykes hi Alex um, says his worst movies were The Grey Man um, and Thor Love and Thunder yeah The Grey Man's a good shout I didn't um, like The Grey Man it I was enjoyed okay. that it was fine yeah it, but, like, it was not great it wasn't it wouldn't have made it oh. didn't make any of our lists oh hi we're being asked about more cocktails can I, can I get, I'll get the same one again um, I'm going to get something different you're all going to have to listen to me order. I'm gonna, can I have the porn star mort- martini yeah. please thank yeah. you thanks very much there you go. Yes, uh, guys, I'm ordering a porn star martini. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, that's so I'm just funny. in the mood for this something is, this sweet. This is when waiters or, like, or people who see us in general are like, yeah, what, what is wrong with these people? Fair play to her for just interrupting. Yeah, um, the grey man, um, I really didn't mind. It, it, it would just never make any of my list of the year. But for, but a, mov- for a movie that was clearly like... It cost $200 million. It cost $200-something million. Yeah. Now, uh, apparently a lot of that was the paychecks yeah. uh, for the guys. Um, but um, but like they want they want this to be their big tentpole franchise, like yeah, it ain't a franchise. Like, but it's really interesting because it's not not a good bank. We actually recently guested on friend of the podcast Helen O'Hara's podcast Bah Humbug, where she talked about Christmas movies, and we watched Falling for Christmas, which was a great laugh and probably should have been on one of our lists. Um, but we were talking about Falling for Christmas and how successful it's been for Netflix, right? And how cheap it would have been beyond like Lindsay Lohan's paycheck. Like you could make twenty Falling for Christmas for one grey man. I don't know what Netflix was doing spending that much money on the Grey Man. But they got the they got the um the lads from Avengers, the direct the Russo brothers and But and, it won't, and the, I promise you, I promise you Falling for Christmas had more views than the Grey Man. I <laughs> yeah, based possi- that on nothing, possibly, but I promise you. Possibly. Um and then we have Alexander Sykes. So we've done those. I was reading these. Oh. Uh, sorry, give me these. Uh, we're fighting over the notes. Um, then we had... Uh, I think you've, you've messed up here on your screen. I've messed dabs. up here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, Kate Peroni said her, her worst movie was The Fablemans. Um, well, we haven't seen that. It's not out that's here yet. It's the Steven Spielberg movie. I don't think it is out here yet. Yeah. No, we haven't seen it. Um, she says she's got a bit. So Kate and her husband Neil are both uh, patrons of ours. 
uh, and she says, uh, or her partner, sorry, I should say, uh, she said, Neil chose this movie for, for his birthday and it didn't look like my thing, but I thought, it's Spielberg, how bad can it be? Turns out, really fucking bad. <laughs> Neil lost movie choice privileges for the foreseeable future. And this is the punchline, guys. Um, the next comment is from Neil West and he had best movie, nope, worst movie, The Fablements. <laughs> so poor Neil not only lost movie choice privileges, but he saw his worst movie of the year um, as well. Um, and that's it uh, from our patrons. So uh, thanks, guys, thanks, guys. Uh, for sharing all so of that. Fun, and, uh, and thanks all of you for um, for listening. We've had another great year, another great um, year. with Sick. the podcast. And really I, enjoyed it. We say great year in that we've loved doing it and enjoyed it. We appreciate our releases have been sporadic and we blame COVID, sick children, well, we moving moved country, house, yeah, and country uh, and starting new jobs, all that stuff. So thank you for sticking around, listening to us. Um, we make this podcast in our free time. Um, we do it for fun. And we, we just do it love while we're drinking. We do. We love all our interactions with you guys. That's the absolute best thing about it. So please message us on Twitter or Instagram or Letterboxd, Letterboxd or thecinemile at gmail.com. Uh, we're the, at thecinemile on all social platforms. And just yeah, chat to us. Let us know what your favorite movies were. Um, come over to patreon.com forward slash thecinemile where every month we review a retro movie, which we love doing. This month we're doing Cool Runnings and we also review all the big TV shows going on. So this year, for example, on our Patreon, we reviewed all of The Rings of Power, all of House of the Dragon. We've got White full Lotus, spoiler specials on The White Lotus, on For All Mankind. On Severance, uh, like Severance. All the big TV shows, I can't even remember them all. Um, but we will be recording after this and releasing after this our you know, best, best and worst TV, TV of the year. Of the year. Yeah. That's for everyone. So yeah. Yeah, we'll you'll all we'll get, get that well. um, and thank you so much thank you yeah. Dave for being yet another year of being a wonderful co-host husband and co-parent oh thanks Cathy same to you and co-re-immigrant uh, to Ireland thank you for co-re-immigrating <laughs> with me <laughs> anyway this is a lot of fun bye thanks for listening bye the blackbird is dead you're the only one who can stop this We've got to come back and fight. When are we going to get past this? I'll never get past this! You can't just hide from the world. Victor Blackley. I believe you have something in mind. Who I am is none of your concern. And what I do is out of your control. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned, and I'm about to sin again. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a biweekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. 
ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>